Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or go join the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook, which has been a lot of fun. We just continue to have people joining, sharing, and it's a great spot to find us. Going to start with some news. PPG, the big paint manufacturer, probably in all of automotive, has announced that they're going to get into protective film. I think this is a warning shot, right? It's a warning shot with the Expel deal and Rivian. Some of that stuff's played out okay for installers. The other people you talk to hasn't turned out so great. But here's the interesting part of this deal. PPG is basically going to join up with a company that's already in the film business, right? So it's going to be a partnership. And this partnership, on the face of it, is going to be very simple. PPG is going to be in a position that they can get and use and, and, and have all of these things happen by just using their Rolodex of contacts, right? So they're not going to the installer, to the guy listening to this that, that's going to get into PPF or maybe you're into PPF already. Here's one of the interesting things about this is that they're not going to do that at all. They're going to go directly to their industrial clients. So BMW, Chevy, agricultural companies, industrial companies, they are thinking really wide, we're going to bring film to all these people that we already do business with. And what does that mean long term? Well, none of us really know. None of us know if they're going to have a broad level of success. But what it does show us that when something gets big enough, like PPF has gotten, you're going to see all these people say, well, we want a piece of the pie. And so now, what happens if BMW brings this stuff in-house? What happens if Ford brings this stuff in-house? I still think that's largely unlikely. I think you're dealing with something that people don't want to admit, that there's a large skill set to doing something like paint protection film. But the reality is, if they make the decision to do that, where does that leave the industry of PPF? And so here's what you got to realize. Manufacturers are always trying to find ways to charge people like dealerships and you, the end consumer, as much money as possible. As credit is tightened and sales have gone down in the car world, let me tell you what, the manufacturers are the ones that are looking around saying, what are we going to do next? And so PPG, hey, this company over here already knows PPF. We'll do a little joint venture with them. We'll become a partner. All we're going to do is introduce them to all of our customers. PPG is not going to work real hard on this project, I can tell you. What they're going to do is look at these companies and say, okay, here's the executive to talk to at BMW. Here's the person to talk to here. Figure out what you can do. And they're just going to open up their book and basically put this other company that's already in the film business. Now, it, understand that this is a company behind the scenes in the film business. It's not an Expel. It's not a SunTech. But they have their fingers with those companies. Right. So this is a global player in that market. And so you have to ask yourself these questions. And I think a lot of people in the film business, we have this in the detailing business and the tent business. Many people don't want to ever ask these questions of what actually happens. What actually happens if widespread adoption inside the factory were to take place? 
Well, now you're not working on very many new vehicles. You're going to have to go after older vehicles. For those in the PPF world, that can be a real problem. You have debris issues. You have all kinds of different things. Now you're talking about getting into heavy paint correction, which none of these guys want to do. Uh, what are you going to do in this instance? Now, again, I'm going to tell you my opinion. I don't think this is going to happen at all. I think they're going to get some industrial clients, you know, some people in the shipbuilding business. They're going to get some people in, the, in, in, in massive factories to use film to their advantage. They're going to get some big agricultural companies to buy into this. There's no doubt about it. I think automotive, the margins are so hard to, to squeeze out of anything in the automotive business. If you take your attention and you try to move it towards this, you're going to have a real problem. And there's actually something to look at in this. This happened with the Acura NSX. So I know people that were in the NSX program because that the factory isn't that far from where I grew up. And they were just boasting about, we're going to have this all world paint system and, and you can add it onto your car and you can spec your car and you can get elite level paint on your car for 60,000, 50,000 extra, 40,000 extra, whatever it is. Uh, we've seen Porsche struggle with the paint to sample stuff. So think about paint which these companies have known for 100 years how to do. And then when you try to elevate those systems, they struggle to make money on them. Like Porsche's paint-to-sample program is profitable, but they are having an extremely hard time scaling it. And to that end, they had to put a stop to it on certain cars. This is a company that's as efficient as anybody. And so I'm not telling anybody to run to the hills or something's going to happen to the PPF business, but here's what's interesting. When these companies take a look at a part of our world, you have to take notice. And I think it's, you know, big time news. It's been out for a few weeks. I didn't really know if I wanted to talk about it or how to talk about it. So I, I talked to some people the last couple of weeks about it and there's worry. And I'm not talking about installers. I was talking about people that are VPs of P PPF companies, guys that are owners in PPF companies that, that just told me, hey, man. If this thing takes off, it could be real damaging. There's no doubt about it. But again, I go back to they have str they they struggle to even upgrade upgrade paint systems to this elite level. Are they really going to get into the nitty gritty of film? Well, here's what I think. Like I said before, is going to happen. The marine business film is much easier to lay in big pieces on parts of of of, of boats. Uh, not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's easier than the intricacies of, you know, a, a, a front bumper or something like that. I think they'll go after that. I think they're definitely going to go after agriculture. I think they're definitely going to go after all of these different different little things that we're not really involved in. Industrial factories, you know, using this film to maybe help things last a little bit longer. I think that stuff is real because why wouldn't it be? I think for the car business, the question is, is any manufacturer going to figure this out? If they do, you, you're then talking about a big problem because then the copycats will all follow. To this point, I don't see that happening, but I do think it's an interesting conversation. I thought I would share it here. I'm going to finish the episode with something kind of basic, you know, common sense to me, maybe common sense to a lot of you, but it's not really as common sense as you think it is even though it is common sense. What is the price of selling somebody on something that you're going to do to their car, but then you actively say, I'm going to do something different. So let me walk you through this. 
a really common practice, much more common than people talk about in the tent world and the PPF world is guys will sell their customer on installing SunTech or Expel or whatever, and then they'll just use a cheaper film in the back. I don't know why you would do that. Pretty common practice, a lot more common than people want to admit. Charge the right price, put the film cost in there. I've never seen a reason to do it. Very common in the tent business. Somebody saying, hey, I'm going to put ceramic tint from this company on your car and they get some carbon tint from some other cheaper company and they, well, the customer's not going to know. How are they going to know? They'll trade the car in in two years. They'll never know the difference. That's a very common practice. But I've always asked myself this question. I mean, we all have this opportunity to do those things. You have it. I have it. We all have the opportunity to do it. I've never really been able to understand what is the end goal? You made like an extra hundred bucks on the job. You made an extra 50 bucks on the job. You made an extra 300 bucks on the job. But at the end of the day, you had to look at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm just ripping people off. I never really saw the trade-off there. Plus, in our side of the world, whether it's PPF, tint, or just general detailing with ceramic coatings, the cost that we pay for the stuff isn't that big of a deal if it's in the price of what you're charging. I could never really wrap my head around what the hell am I seeing, but I've seen it my entire career. My entire career, especially with tent guys. And as PPF has gotten bigger, we've had some cars come in here that I'm like, that's not that, that film. The customer looked at me, why is this film having a problem? I'm like, that's not that film. I mean, I've actually had somebody tell them they're using a type of SunTech that we have here. I pulled the film off that was recently installed and had him look at the difference. And he's like, yeah, that's not the same film. And you got to ask yourself, where does that all end? Once you're willing or someone is willing to cheat a client on something so simple, what's the end result? I mean, wh where do you go as a person? Now, here's an interesting part of it. I usually find that the people that are on social media and they, they make videos on Instagram or TikTok and they're uh, do the right thing. I'm out here hustling. You know, I'm an elite detailer. Those are the people we usually catch doing that kind of stuff. Right. It's kind of like the preacher that's telling you not to do all this stuff. And then you find out he's gambling and he's doing all this. But he told you for 20 years not to do that stuff. Right. We've all seen those stories. And again, I'm not I don't think any of us are, are saints for doing the right thing. That's how basic I think this is. And when you look at it from that lens, you go, why is anybody doing this? And something was brought to our attention recently where somebody took the label off one of our coatings so they could sell it for longer years than it actually was. And we had to address it. That's an uncomfortable thing to have to address somebody about why are you doing this? Like purposely took our label off a of coating, sold it as something that it wasn't, all for what? Our coatings, pretty affordable in the scheme of things. If you're charging a thousand dollars for a paint correction and a three-year coating and you're getting a thousand bucks, maybe you got a hundred bucks in cost. You're making nine hundred bucks profit. Is there really a reason to take Uno and say, it's a three-year coating. I don't advise that. That's why we have a lineup of coatings. But it happens every day. And then we have it on the other side of things. 
some of the things that Marty and I have seen happen in the in the chemical world. Hell, we've even had interviews on our podcast where somebody admits this guy made a YouTube video where a product he was selling failed miserably. A multi-year coding failed within six months. He made the video, not me, not us. And when Marty asked him, why are you still selling that in your store? He's like, ah, somebody will buy it. Yeah, somebody's going to buy it as a two-year coding, and and you're going to sell it as a two-year coding. It's going to last six months. You've already proven that on your video. There's no real answer. And maybe you guys have an answer. I, I don't know. But I couldn't imagine. I mean, what is the reason when people use Uno and they call us or they email us and they go, man, this stuff's going on 18 months. It's like, damn, dude, that, that's just a good feeling. Yeah, man, we told you it was a good coding for one year. Yeah, man, I'm glad it lasted longer. We don't get a lot of Uno or ever have gotten a call about Uno like, oh, dude, this lasts six months. It's never happened. It's not going to happen. If the, if the coding is applied properly, that coding is going to stand the test of time. Now, I'll be fair. I don't think that's that difficult to do. I'm not sitting here saying, wow, look what Marty and I accomplished. I'm just like, doesn't it just make common sense that if you tell somebody it's going to last a year, it should last a year? And I'll tell you a crazy story that I actually didn't believe. Marty Marty had to prove it to me. So I'm going to give Marty the credit on this one because I, I was baffled by it. So we had somebody say, there's this new revolutionary spray-on three-year coding. I've heard that a lot in my career, by the way. So have you. So I go, okay. So Marty gets some, applies it. Obviously, if that technology's out there, we need to understand what we're battling against. He gets it. Preps the car, polishes an area, does everything. Applies the coating. Allows it to cure for a few days, a week plus. I think he even maybe, maybe let it go two weeks. Two weeks later, he used cleanse. There was no coating left on the surface after a simple prep wash with our prep wash cleanse. I got no idea why you would do that. No idea. Except the company that manufacture it is worried about selling to dealerships. So detailers, tinters, PPF people, they all bitch about dealerships. All of them. Every part of this industry bitches about dealerships. And we know that dealerships don't do the right thing. Okay. Why would you want to do business like a dealership that you have made content saying dealerships are bad, don't trust dealerships, but you're taking a two-year coding and selling it as a four or a three-year coding selling it as a five? Why would you do that? Again, I'm sort of just asking the question publicly. And the reason it's on my mind is because we caught somebody doing that. Now, he's not deeply involved with HyperClean, but it still pissed me off. Like, dude, what are you doing? You ripped our label off and you did this. There's no answer on the other side of that phone call because nobody can defend it. It's completely idiotic to do. Just like it's idiotic to show a product on YouTube failing in six months that says it's going to last two years and saying, ah, somebody will buy it. That's why I carry it. Somebody's going to buy it. It's like, you don't have a problem with that? 
And the answer is largely no. We do a lot of banging on dealerships in our industry, in the PPF industry, in the tent industry. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're not as good as us. Well, sometimes you got to point out what's going on in your industry and say, dude, there's more people doing business like the dealership than you realize. Again, for no other reason than they just want to do the wrong thing. And those are usually the guys preaching on their Instagram, preaching on this, preaching on that. I'm not preaching about it. I just don't see the point in doing it. I told my customer I'd do something, so I'm going to do it. It's a novel business concept, I know. I mean, it's like, wow, Nick, what a what a high-level business concept. It's like, yeah, I mean, I've never met a really successful shop owner or business owner in this business that is actively ripping people off. They certainly aren't going to last 10 years. I have been offered to buy some businesses in real trouble that do business in a in a way kind of like this. When you look into it and you realize, oh yeah, they're they're one of those. I think when you look at all of this and you start to unpack it, one of the craziest things that you'll ever find in this business is that it costs you really nothing to do business the right way. It's, it hasn't cost me anything to do things the right way. Doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes. Doesn't mean I haven't burnt some paint. Doesn't mean I haven't screwed up a ceramic coating install in my career. That shit happens. But you rectify it. You move on. Hey, man, that was on me. But I think one of the things I am proud about at HyperClean, or I am proud about at VR, but especially HyperClean, because that's why you guys are listening, is you touch one of our ceramic coatings, man, it's going to do what it's supposed to do. Again, novel concept. I think that we have to sometimes just lay it out there that this stuff is going on. Because maybe, just maybe, somebody will be like, yeah, I thought about doing that after talking to a couple people or listening to Pine. I'm just not going to do that. You know, I, I'm too good to do that kind of stuff. I'm just going to do it the right way, and things will work out in the end. I think it's really interesting how we bang on car washes or dealerships, and yet we don't talk publicly about this kind of stuff happening. And again, this isn't pointed at just detailers. Tent people are probably the biggest culprit of this I've seen in my career. Now as PPF has grown the way it has, it's definitely a culprit. But detailers with ceramic coating, don't take a three-year coating and tell me it's a five-year. You didn't do anything there except the wrong thing. No purpose in it. And that's where listening to the right people, following the right people, doing the things the right way, that shit's going to win out in the end 100% of the time. All the people that guys told me to be worried about in the, in the city of Las Vegas, this shop just opened. They'll take all your business. Well, those guys are out of business. I don't have a single competitor I've ever been told that about that ever made a difference on me. I just put my head down, did things what I saw the right way, which again is common sense. It's not like I have all the answers. It's just common sense. Somebody buys a three-year coating, put a three-year coating on the car. Not rocket science. So as we sit here and have these types of conversations, 
I try to share what I come across during, you know, the week or last couple weeks. And it's pretty insane to think about we have people selling coatings that are specifically labeled for two year, three year. And this happens to everybody. We see it happening to everybody's stuff. I used other people's stuff before HyperClean. I watched guys for years in this town that were allowed to install a coating I was installing completely wreck shop with that coating. Did everything wrong, installed it improperly, ruined cars, lie about the coating. No reason to do it. They're largely infinitely smaller than I am today, or they're completely gone. And those are just the facts. So I hope this helps, guys. Everybody have a great weekend.